Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you are back with me this week and I have a great guest. She's back with us, Elizabeth Urbanowitz. If you guys listen to her, maybe she was back with us a little over a year ago and we talked about worldview. We talked about teaching the word um, to our kids, the word being the word of God, of course, um, and the importance of what we're doing with our kids and why, 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 why do we even teach our kids from a biblical worldview? Why does that matter? Um, Because we can teach them all these things void of God's truth and God's word. Um, But Elizabeth was just amazing as she came on and we talked specifically about um, God's word and how powerful it is and and why that is the most important part of our homeschool journey um, is pointing our kids to Christ, which you guys know because we talk about that on the podcast pretty much every week. (laughs) It's it's what we're all about here. So I am so excited to have Elizabeth back with us. Um, This week, we have a great episode. We're going to talk about the attributes of God and how that pertains to us as parents, how it pertains to our kids, how to teach it to our kids. And so you are going to be greatly encouraged. But before we get into our conversation with Elizabeth, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free. They have a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't like it, it doesn't work for your kids, they will refund all of your money. Try them for free, ctcmath.com. Well, Elizabeth, welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad to have you back with me uh, this week. Introduce yourself to our audience for maybe those who missed your episode a year ago. Uh, Tell us who you are and what you do. Yes. Thanks so much for having me on today, Yvette. It's just great to be back with you. Um, And for your listeners, my name is Elizabeth Urbanowitz, and I run an organization called Foundation Worldview. And our goal at Foundation Worldview is to equip Christian parents with the tools that they need to get their kids to carefully evaluate every idea they encounter and understand the truth of the biblical worldview. And it's kind of almost a little comical that the Lord has me in this position because I'm single. I'm not married. I do not have any children of my own, but I love children. And I believe that the biblical model of discipleship is done within the family. And I think that the family is the best place um, and the most biblical place for education to be done. And I spent the first decade of my professional career as a teacher in a Christian school just outside of Chicago. And it was during my time teaching, seeing, you know, these students coming from Christian homes where their parents were intentional at discipleship, me being passionate about God and his word and giving them a biblically based education all day long. Most of the kids were fairly involved in a local church, but they were just rapidly absorbing ideas without any question. And I suddenly realized that, you know, God never changes, his word never changes, but what does change is the culture around us. And in this cultural moment in which we live, even if we're very, very careful at limiting screen time, limiting the type of things that enter our home, still our children in one year of their lives are gonna be faced with more competing ideas than most humans throughout history have Mm -hmm. been confronted with for their entire lives. So the training that we need to do to equip them to think well and to think biblically, it looks a little bit different today than it did 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So that's what we're all about at Foundation Worldview is just equipping parents to equip their children to understand the truth of the biblical worldview. I love that. Um, You know, I think one of the greatest privileges of homeschooling, aside from being with our kids um, and building that relationship with them, is that you you hear people often say, you learn best by teaching something, right? It is the Mm -hmm. best way to truly Mm -hmm. understand the depths of whatever it is that you're trying to teach is uh, uh, learn is to actually teach it. 
And I have found that to be true in my homeschool journey with my kids. We're on mm-hmm. year 13. Our oldest is going to graduate this at the end of this school year. Um, our youngest is in seventh. And, and so as we've gone through our years of, of homeschooling, I have learned so much more by teaching my kids than I ever learned sitting in a classroom. And I learned stuff sitting in a classroom too. But when you have to teach it and be there with them, you learn so much more. And so as you talk about the attributes of God, it really is helping our children to understand the character and nature of God, but it's helping us to understand the character and nature of God. And I think that is the greatest privilege is for us to dig in deep as a family, because like you said, education is is best done at home. Um, we believe, of course, um, and according to God's word, you know, when our kids are being taught when they rise, when they sleep, when they stand, when they walk about the way, when all the things, when they're being taught the truth of God's word, um, it changes everything for them. Mm-hmm. You know, homeschooling is not the gospel. We say that all the time. It doesn't save our children, but being able to point them to Jesus is the most important thing. And so I want to talk through the attributes of God um, this week. And I know you have a new curriculum. So last year when you came on, we talked about your foundation, uh, your foundation worldview curriculum. And it, it really is a Christian Bible-based, biblical worldview curriculum that really takes our kids through. And I've done some of it with my girls already, and it's so good because it really takes you from the very beginning of the Word of God, helps you explain um, what the Bible is. I mean, from from the, the very foundation of it. And this curriculum takes it kind of a step further of, okay, now we understand the foundation of the Word of God. Now let's understand who God is and why He gave us His Word. Um, so, so let's talk about the attributes of God. And, and one of the things I love about this curriculum specifically is that you talk about attributes that only God has, and then you talk about attribute attributes that God invites us to reflect. Um, and so I want to kind of go through some of these piece by piece, because as we're trying to understand them, to teach them to our kids, um, this curriculum that you have does such an amazing job of helping us to understand it. So where do we start when we study the attributes of God? Yeah, well, I think first in just understanding why it's important, because my team and I kind of laughed when we were working on this curriculum and we were like, you know, this probably isn't right away going to be our top seller because, you know, it doesn't necessarily sound like super exciting and thrilling. However, God is who is most important. He is the creator and sustainer of all the universe. And according to scripture, you know, in Genesis 3, in Adam, we all fell. And because we're fallen, now we naturally view God through the lens of who we are, where what we should be doing is viewing God through the lens of how he has revealed himself in scripture. And so as we were designing this curriculum, we wanted to, you know, develop it in a way that had those attributes that you said that God alone has. Theologians have traditionally classified that as God's incommunicable attributes, the ones that only he possesses, and then his communicable attributes, the ones that he invites us to reflect. And actually, when we were still in the development phase of the curriculum, we describe that as attributes that God shares with us. But someone who we had editing the curriculum was like, you know, little kids are going to think of like sharing their lunch. You know, you give kids a piece and somebody else a Mm. piece of your sandwich, and then you have less of your sandwich. Where this person said, you know, it's probably not the best to say God shares with us because it's not like God gives us a piece of his kindness or a piece of his love or a piece of his justice that God God is wholly loving and he's wholly good and he is wholly just and we get to reflect that. And so the goal, we really want kids to have a biblically grounded understanding 
of who God is and understand how very different God is from us. And as you mentioned, Yvette, you know, when we're teaching our children, we're learning alongside them. And a mistake that I've seen so many adults make, including myself, is, you know, when we think about really grievous things that we've done against the Lord, you know, like not rolling our eyes at our spouse, you know, or like losing it one time with our kids, but really grievous things we've done. Sometimes we just say, you know, I just can't believe that God would forgive that because we don't feel like God could forgive that because what are we doing? We're viewing mercy through the lens of our mercy. And our mercy isn't perfect. We have, when we forgive someone, we have to choose every single day to continue forgiving them because we remember that thing. We harbor, you know, we have to fight against harboring bitterness against that thing. Where when we understand who God is and we understand, you know, one of the attributes that he alone possesses, that he is unchanging. He is immutable. Therefore, his mercy is unchanging. His grace is unchanging. His love is unchanging. And when we suddenly view God through the lens of how he's revealed himself, we can say, you know what? I don't feel like I have been forgiven, but you know what? My feelings are not in line with the truth of what scripture has revealed about God's character, that God has forgiven my sins through Jesus and he is unchanging. So that is never going to change the fact that that sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus. So that's just a really brief overview of how we structure the curriculum and then why we think it's so important for kids to understand there are certain attributes that God alone possesses and then Mm -hmm. there are attributes that he invites us to reflect. Yep, love it. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I wanna talk through some of those attributes um, and, and just pull them apart. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth, let's talk about specifically, I want to start with the attributes that only God has. Um, and, and you talked about God being immutable. It means God never changes. And praise God for that. We change all the time and we should be changing, right? I mean, we're humans. We should be bettering ourselves and trying to become more like Christ as we grow in our relationship with Him, our knowledge of Him, our understanding of Him. But God never changes. And so that's one of the attributes. But I want to go through some of the attributes that they just belong to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these are so important for our kids to understand. And it's it's really exciting that, you know, this curriculum starts for kids ages four on up, that even little ones can understand this. And so the way we structure the curriculum is we cover two attributes of God and then a lesson on how should we respond to God because he's these things. And so we start off the curriculum with the fact that God is self existent. And now, you know, even many people listening may be thinking, what are you what are you talking about, Elizabeth? <laughs> you know, because a lot of times we don't think about this. But, you know, if somebody asks the question, well, who made God? 
the question, the answer is no one, (laughs) that God is the unmoved mover, that God has always been and he will always be. And so we play a game with the kids, you know, talking about, you know, like, who or what made this, you know, like, so we'll hold up different objects, you know, like who made this ball? Well, somebody at the sports factory, you know, they programmed the machines to make this ball, you know, like talking about a plant, you know, where did this plant come from? This plant came from a seed, you know, like, where did you come from? You came from your mom and dad. And then we talked about, well, what about God? No, God is self-existent. God has no cause. God is the only being in the universe without any cause. And then after that, we go into God being self-sufficient, meaning Mm. that he does not need anyone or anything outside of himself. And so we'll have the kids draw pictures of all of the things that they need, not all the things they want. Sometimes there's a confusion there, but (laughs) all of the things that they need to survive. You know that we need air, we need food, we need water, we need shelter, we need clothing, we need relationships, we need physical touch, these things that we as humans just need in order to survive. And then we talk about, well, what does God need in order to survive? And we look at scripture, you know, and we take them to the book of Acts, where it talks about, you know, God is not served by humans' hands as though he needed anything. And the amazing realization of an attribute of God like this, that God is self-sufficient, that means God has no need of us, none. God Mm. does not need us, yet he still chooses to love us. He chose to give himself up for us. And what an amazing realization that God has no need for us, but he still chooses to love us. And then the next lesson we focus on, we should worship God because God is the only being that is self-existent, because he is the only one who is self-sufficient and sustains everything. Our response should be worship. And so we look Mm -hmm. at what does it mean to worship God. And so then, you know, in the rest of that unit, we talk about other attributes of God, like God is eternal, that God has no beginning and no end. We talk about God being infinite. He has no limits. And we play a fun game, you know, where the kids have to um, talk about, you know, how, what's the latest you've ever stayed up? You know, have you stayed up until midnight? Have you stayed up until 2 a.m.? Have you stayed up all night? You know, and then we're like, you know what? But eventually you had to go to sleep. One night you had to go to sleep. Why? Because humans can only stay awake for so many hours before their body shuts down. And then we talk about, you know, like, what's the most slices of pizza you've ever eaten? You know, just like fun things for kids. We talk about, you know what, eventually you had to stop eating pizza because the human stomach can only hold so much pizza. And then like, what's the strongest weight you've ever lifted? And then we talk about God, how God is infinite, that he has no limits. We do get into things like, well, does that mean there's no limit to how mean God can be or how cruel God could be or how much evil he can do? And we talk about, no, that the only limit God has is to do things within his character. And God is light. In him is no darkness. God is goodness. In him is no evil. So the only limit that God has is his own character and nature. So just love getting to talk to little ones about these things. Then we cover some um, that we've already talked about, you know, that God is immutable. He never changes. We talk about how everything is changing. You know, we're growing, we're changing. And and in some ways that's really good. And then other times, you know, we change our mood from day to day. You know, some days we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but it's not that way with God because he is always, he's always the same. We talk about God being omnipotent, that he is all powerful, that he's omniscient, that he knows everything and that he's omnipresent. And actually um, this last, it's not that this is the final um, attribute that God alone possesses. It's just, we could not comprehensively cover 
all of who God is in one curriculum. You know, God is infinite. But um, God being omnipresent, Him being everywhere, it's actually this attribute of God that first gave me the idea to write this curriculum because I had two boys from my church. Um, I I took them home after church so that their parents could go out on a date and we were just talking around the kitchen table as we were eating lunch and we prayed and one of the boys was five at the time and he goes, so God is here with us, but He's also with mommy and daddy. And I said, oh, that is such a good question. And I taught them this word, you know, omnipresent. It means that God is everywhere. And then the other boy lifted up his fork and he's like, so God is in my fork. And I was like, ah, (laughs) good question. God is everywhere, but he is not in everything. Like this fork is not God. This plate is not God. That tree is not God. God is present everywhere, but he is separate from his creation. So just love getting to talk with kids about this and just play fun games to help them see how very different God is from us. Yeah. Oh, that's so much fun. I love how you relate it to the kids and make it real for them. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is a question that I think just about every human has asked. And I think at some point, every child gets to that age where they're asking those hard questions. And this goes along with, with so much of God's character, but it's the why. Why does God allow a God who is self-sufficient, who is eternal, who is immutable, he never changes, who's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Like a God who has all of these characteristics. How can a God who is so loving and so kind allow bad things to happen Mm -hmm. to good people? Yeah. It's a really important question to cover with our kids because we all we tend not to think about it until we're going through some right. form of suffering. But then when we do experience suffering, that question becomes very, very real. Or if someone close to us is experiencing intense suffering. And that actually is something that we do cover in the next unit where we talk about the attributes that God invites us to reflect. Because um, theologians have also called these communicable attributes, these attributes God invites us to reflect. They've also called them God's moral attributes. So things that we are called to do. And so we actually talk about this in our lesson on the goodness of God. You know, we talk about goodness means God always acts kindly toward his creation. And we talk about, well, you know, how how can that be? How could it be that God always acts kindly toward his creation when we see, you know, people being mean to one another, when we mm-hmm. seeing when we see people getting sick and dying, you know, even when they're not old, you know, when we see things like wars happening, you know, or or we experience something like divorce, you know, how is it possible that God is a good God? And so that's where we have to look at the entire biblical narrative to understand that that the world is not right now as God initially designed it to be, that we see in those seven days of creation, at the end of each of the six days when God was creating, he said it was good. And at the end of the sixth day when his creation was finished, he looked at it in total and said it is very good. And then we have Genesis chapter three, where we see Adam and Eve, rather than choosing to love, trust, and obey God, they choose to love, trust, and obey themselves. And when they do that, they became sinful and God cursed the ground. And so now we have all inherited their sin and we live on the earth that has this ground that has been cursed. You know, Romans 8 talks about all creation groaning in the pains of childbirth until now. And so then we talk about, you know, that's the cause of the bad things. Is God the one that caused that to happen? 
No, humans made the decision to rebel. God allowed that. He allowed them Mm. that freedom to choose rebellion, but it was our choice. It was not how God initially designed creation. And then we also talk about, well, what, when we look again at the whole biblical narrative, God's plan was to rescue us and redeem us in Jesus. And the plan is not for us to stay stuck here, but that one day Jesus is going to return and he's going to recreate the heavens and the earth and we can live with him forever. But then we also look at this amazing promise that God gives us in Romans chapter eight, that in Romans chapter eight, verse 28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who have been called according to his purpose. And then how does that take place? Verse 29 explains that. It says, for those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. And so we talk with kids about, you know, these bad things, there's sometimes we're not gonna be able to understand we're not going to be able to understand, you know, why did God allow my mom to get cancer? Why did God allow this couple to get divorced? You know, why did God allow this person to die? Why did God allow this person to say really hurtful things to me? And we're not going to have these answers, but we can trust that God is being true to his promise to use those things to make us more like Jesus because of all the attributes we've already learned about God. You know, the fact that God is eternal and infinite, the fact that he is wise, that he alone is wisdom, that he is faithful to his promises. And because we understand these other attributes of God as they're revealed in scripture, we can then trust that God is being true to his word, even when in the moment we can't make sense of it. So obviously I just gave a very long explanation with four-year-olds, I do not talk that long (laughs) to them, explain it in simpler words, have them do things with their hands, you know, but just to make sure that as we're learning these attributes of God, we're helping kids make sense of the world based on these attributes that God has revealed. Yeah. Oh, Elizabeth, so great. We're out of time. We're going to come back on Wednesday. We're going to talk more about the attributes of God and how we can strive to become more like Him because as As we learn about the attributes that only God has, there are so many that He does invite us to reflect as Christians, as His children. And so we're going to walk through those as well. Um, Elizabeth, tell us again where people can find out more about you and your ministry. If you remember the name of the ministry, Foundation Worldview, it's really easy. You can just go to foundationworldview.com. If you can't remember the .com, just type Foundation Worldview into a search engine and we'll pop up. (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you so much. You guys, make sure you listen to the very end to get a clip of what's coming next on the podcast. And if you have not left a review for this podcast, would you do that? Would you just take just a minute? I know it takes a a couple minutes to do that. And sometimes it's a little complicated to even figure out how to do it, but it can be done. Um, And thank you so much for those of you who have left reviews for the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Um, We greatly appreciate that. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com rocked. 
if we understand God's holiness, that person over there is not the standard. God, who is the holy, righteous judge of the universe, He is the standard. And so when we can help ourselves and our kids understand God's holiness, then we can see our sin in its proper light. At times, God's love doesn't feel good because at times God's love includes disciplining us, right. <laughs> you know, so that we will learn to be more like Jesus. But whether it feels good or whether it doesn't feel good, God giving of Himself is His love. And that's how we should seek to love others, mm -hmm. to do what is best for them, whether they understand that's what's best or not.